Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector Kevin Kane, back to scare you with some creepy stories. Thank you so much for tuning in. For those of you who are new to my show, thank you for joining. And for the longtime listeners, thank you for coming back to hear some more of my creepy tales because I love sharing them. But first, before I do that, I just want to, like always, invite you to visit my website, myhaunteddolls.com. You can go to the shop and buy any of my books autographed. These books are my spooky stories and my ghostly legends and supernatural novels, some books about my haunted collection, two of them, in fact. So be sure to check those out. I think you'll find those quite interesting. And very soon I shall have my new book available, which is a book of stories based on urban legends, sort of like the ones I share here, but... These are my own creation, and you have to buy the book to read them, so keep a watch out for that. I hope it'll be coming by next month, just in time to get here before Halloween. Can't believe we're two months away from Halloween. Also, in the shop and on the homepage, you'll find a link to my Redbubble store where you can buy t-shirts, baseball caps, skirts, home and office accessories, pet accessories, just all kinds of things with my images and website logos, even logos for this podcast show. So go out there and and check those out and buy, because we definitely would appreciate your support. And be sure to check out my YouTube channel, My Haunted Dolls, on YouTube, where I post videos weekly of spirit box sessions with the haunted items and dolls in my collection and also share other fun videos out there every once in a while i drop a video of an investigation out and about so watch out for those and also you can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash my haunted dolls if you'd like to go there and give And now on to our show. I've got a couple of good scary tales. This first story involves a man who marries an Arab girl whose face he has never seen. And he discovers to his horror that perhaps he should have seen it prior. This one is called Amina. There was a young man named Sidney Newman who became wealthy, which he inherited from his wealthy family. He was Muslim and was about to get married, but he had never met his bride. According to the customs of the time, the marriage had been arranged by his parents. In fact, he had never even seen his bride's face. 
The custom was that a woman would keep her face hidden behind a veil until the wedding. All he knew about her was that her name was Amina. When the wedding was over, and Sidi went home with his new bride in his arms, he was quivering with anticipation. In the privacy of their bedroom, Amina removed her veil. Sidi was surprised and relieved to find that she was dazzlingly beautiful. Filled with joy, he took her in his arms and hugged her tightly, and so the honeymoon began. However, the day after the wedding, Sidi Newman and his new wife were sitting at the dining room table. The servants had laid the table with a variety of delicious foods. While Sidi was gobbling his dinner down, he noticed that his wife was not eating a single thing. As, as he watched, she pulled a small metallic case from her pocket and opened it. She took out a long pen and used it to daintily pick up her rice grain by grain. After only eating a few grains of rice, Amina put the pen back in its case and excused herself from the table. Over the next few days, whenever they ate together, Sidi noticed that his wife barely ate at all. Sometimes she would swallow a few crumbs of bread and then sit back, claiming she was full. Her strange behavior worried him to no end. One night, when Amina thought he was fast asleep, she slithered softly out of bed. Sidi was only pretending to be asleep, and when he heard his wife rising from their bed, he became suspicious. Keeping his eyes firmly shut, he listened as she dressed quietly and crept softly out of the room. The moment she turned her back, he got up, put on his dressing gown, and followed her. Glancing out the window, he saw her leave the house and walk down the street. He ran down to the front door and followed her by the eerie light of the moon to a nearby graveyard. It was the middle of the night and the cemetery was deserted. Sidi concealed himself in the shadows and peered over the graveyard wall. To his surprise, Amina made her way to the center of the cemetery where she was greeted by a strange man who was sitting on a crumbling tombstone. 
city was too far away to know or hear what they were saying. Together, Amina and the man dug up a fresh grave and uncovered the coffin. Siddi watched in horror as they dragged out the decomposing body, cut it into several pieces, and ate it, slavering and slobbering over their sickening feast. Watching them from his hiding place, Siddi shuddered at the disgusting sight of his wife devouring the rancid flesh of a corpse. When they had finished their graveside feast, Amina and the strange man casually tossed the moldering bones back into the grave and filled it in with earth. Sickened beyond belief, Sidi fled from the cemetery. He ran back home and jumped into bed, pretending to be asleep when his wife eventually returned. Amina undressed and slipped quietly back into bed, unaware that her wretched secret had been discovered. Sidi Newman could not sleep a wink all night, and in the morning he left the house before Amina woke up. He went to town to consult a fortune teller and seek her advice about what he should do. He told her about his marriage to Amina, her curious eating habits, and the horrible sight he witnessed in the graveyard. Your wife is a ghoul, said the fortune teller, one of those foul demons that wander about the countryside, making their lairs in deserted buildings and springing out upon unwary travelers to eat their flesh. If they cannot find a live prey, they will go to the cemeteries and feed upon the dead bodies. What can I do? Sidi begged with tears in his eyes. Please tell me. The fortune teller handed him a small bottle filled with a murky liquid. Take this and go home immediately, she said. When the time is right, throw this potion in her eyes, and then you shall see what you shall see. When Sidi returned to the house, it was time for dinner, and his wife was there to greet him. They sat at the dining table and waited as the servants placed dishes of food in front of them. As usual, Amina produced her little metal case, took out the pen, and began picking up grains of rice, one by one, and placing them in her mouth. "'What's the matter, Amina?' said Sidi quietly. "'Is there something wrong with the food?' "'No, I'm just not that hungry,' she replied. 
Perhaps there is something else you would prefer to eat, said Sitty with a sly smile. After all, nothing tastes sweeter than the rotting flesh of a corpse. No sooner had he uttered those words than Amina flew into a violent rage. Her face became purple. Her eyes looked like they were going to pop out of her head, and she was gnashing her teeth in anger. She leaped across the table and furiously grabbed at Sidi, but he was too quick for her. He opened the bottle and threw the potion in her eyes. Immediately, the lovely Amina turned black in the face. Her skin began to smoke, and the flesh shriveled from her bones. Sidi watched in terror as his beautiful wife's face started melting. She fell to her knees, and her body disintegrated before his very eyes. When it was over, all that was left was a puddle of thick, dark sludge where Amina had once been. about a gruesome dinner. <laughs> well, I'm glad he was able to get rid of that rid, <laughs> rid, rid of that hideous wife without getting his own flesh eaten. So sometimes you have to wonder, is it really wise to marry someone who you really know nothing about? And now we go to our next story. And this story is about four girls who receive a strange gift in the mail. It's based on a Chinese ghost story, and it's called Glass Ball. The four girls who shared room 414 were sitting on the floor chatting and laughing when they were interrupted by a knock on the door. They heard the voice of the dormitory administrator say, Room 414, I have a parcel for you. None of them were expecting a package in the mail, so they all wondered who it was from. Xianzin got up and opened the door. She took the package from the hands of the administrator, then shut the door and went looking for a pair of scissors to open it. She tore off the wrapping paper and opened the package. When they saw what was inside, the girls were shocked. It was a glass ball that was crystal clear 
and seemed to be filled with some sort of liquid. Who could have sent this? Zhao asked. Look at the name on the packaging, said Yu Fei, as she picked up the brown paper that was wrapped and looked at the label. Sun Yun looked over her shoulder and exclaimed, Anonymous, that's who. Maybe it's from a boy who has a crush on one of us, and he's too embarrassed to write his name on it, said Zhu. Suddenly, the dorm went black. Lights out, Shen said, placing the glass ball on the table. The girls quickly washed and climbed to bed. Su Yun finished brushing her teeth, and before lying down, she took another look at the shining glass ball on a table. In the darkness, it seemed to glow with a strange light shining from within. Su Yun was tired, and as soon as she lay down and closed her eyes, she fell asleep. Before long, she was awoken by a loud noise. She rolled out of bed and walked to the door. Then, she saw a familiar figure emerge from the darkness. Shin, is that you? she whispered. As the shadowy figure came towards her, she realized that it was indeed Shin, but something was not right. In her hands, she seemed to be holding something. Su Yun felt a chill run down her spine. She wanted to run away, but she could not move. Shin was staring at her coldly, as if she did not even know her. Even more frightening was that, in her hands, she was holding a knife. The sharp, cold blade glinted in the moonlight. Shin, what are you... Soon didn't even have time to finish her sentence, because suddenly she saw Shin raise the dagger above her head. Sue shrieked. Her first reaction was to run, but after a few steps, she bumped into someone else. It was Zhao, but there was something wrong. Zhao's hands were stained with blood, and she was holding a severed arm and chewing on it. Su Yun gasped in horror and stumbled backwards. Her legs and her hands were trembling. Shen and Zhao have become ghosts, she thought, and now they're going to kill me too. In panic, Su Yun pushed Zhao and ran past her to the stairs. As she ran down the stairs, she bumped into someone else. It was Yu Fei. For a moment, she was relieved, 
but then she took a closer look. Hugh Fay did not have any feet. Her eyes were staring straight ahead, and her lips were moving. She kept repeating over and over, Glass ball, glass ball, glass ball. Su Yun pushed past her and tumbled down the stairs. The three ghosts were close at her heels. She had only one thought in her head. She had to escape from them. When she reached the first floor, Su Yun crashed through the double doors and raced down the hallway. She kept trying the doors. But found all of them locked. Eventually, she found a janitor's closet that was open. She ducked inside and slammed the door behind her. Then she piled up some old chairs against the door, barricading herself inside. And with that, she breathed a sigh of relief. All of a sudden, Su Yun heard the sound of heavy footsteps coming down the hallway. Clump, 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 clump. She trembled with every step. Just then, she heard a tapping sound behind her. She twirled around, and her eyes grew wide with fright. As she saw a deformed face pressed up against the window, it was the face of Yu Fei. Her face was scrunched up against the glass, and she was slapping her hand against the rain-soaked window. Her mouth was still moving, and she seemed to be saying something Su Yun could not make out. Su Yun was almost crying now. She was in a pit of despair. Why are they chasing me? She thought. What is happening? This is all too terrible. Su Yun screamed and, lifting up a chair, she smashed the window. The glass shattered, and Yu Fei's deformed face disappeared back into the rain. Su Yun collapsed to the floor, shaking and trembling. What could have made the three lovely girls turn into such terrible ghosts? She thought about the glass ball. Where had it come from? Could it be responsible for all of this madness? Perhaps if she was able to break the ball, all of this would end. Su Yun's mind was filled with questions, but for now, this was the only answer. When Su Yun woke up, it was morning. The wind was blowing through the broken window, and she was shivering with the cold. She listened at the door, but she could not hear anything. She pulled away the chairs, opened the door, 
and cautiously peeked out. The hallway was empty. Everything was silent. Shin, Zhao, and Yufei were nowhere in sight. Su Yun took a deep breath and made her way down the corridor to the stairs. She slowly walked up the steps and came to the door of her room. When she peeked inside, what she saw made her immediately tense up. Zhao was crouching in the corner, her eyes still dull and her hands still covered in blood. She was still chewing on a severed arm. When she looked up, Zhao stopped chewing and slowly got to her feet. She threw her head back, let out a strange laugh and said, Su Yun! Don't come near me, Su Yun shouted. Zhao was gliding slowly across the room, closing in. What do you want from me? Su Yun cried, panic and fear making her burst into tears. Your life, your death, Zhao laughed, advancing step by step. Why? asked Su Yun. We're like sisters, aren't we? said Zhao. All four of us should be together. Now that three of us have become ghosts, don't you want to join us? No, Su Yun shouted, violently shaking her head. We are all under the influence of the glass ball. It has turned us all into ghosts. Everyone in the university. You're the only one still alive. You're the odd one out. We want you to stay with us. We want you to join us. Su Yun rushed across the room and grabbed the glass ball. As she felt it in her hand, she looked at it, still exuding a strange shimmer. Just destroy it, she thought, then everything will be over. Su Yun held the glass ball above her head, and with all her strength, she dashed it against the ground. The glass ball smashed into a million tiny pieces, and a pool of glowing liquid spread across the floor. It's over, she thought. It's all over. We're safe now. Su Yun leaned against the wall and let out a long sigh of relief. However, the next second she stared in horror because she saw the pool of liquid from the glass ball growing larger and larger. It spread out across the floor, blocking her escape. All of a sudden, the liquid formed into a bloody hand that stretched out to her. The next day, 
the police came to the university and found it inexplicably empty. Every single student and teacher had disappeared. All that remained was one badly decomposed body. It was found in room 414. The dead body was later identified as a teenage girl named Sue Yun. And that is it, my faithful listeners. The end of our stories for this episode, and I hope you enjoyed them and that they did not creep you out too much. Maybe just a little. (laughs) Enough to keep you thinking when it's bedtime. And so I shall go until the next episode. Be sure to keep those doors and windows locked at night. Keep out of the rain and keep safe. Stay away from ghouls and ghosts and shimmering balls. But by all means, please do have a happy haunting. (laughs) 